Welcome to Playback by Playlister, the bi-weekly podcast where you can stay current on technology and leadership ideas that impact you. Here's today's host and Playlister CEO, Grant Glass. All right, I am here with Ben, and Ben is the exec pastor at Christ Church of the Valley in Arizona. Christ Church of the Valley has 10 locations in Arizona, and I'm guessing Ben probably sees an excess of tens of thousands of people every week at all your locations. I'm excited to talk to you, Ben, uh, just yeah, because of the size of your... Yeah, the size of your organization, your leadership capabilities, I think are going to present ourselves with a good conversation. So uh, tell me a little bit more about Christ the Valley, uh, Christ Church of the Valley, and, and what's your mission? You bet, Grant. Well, it's good to be with you, man. I'm happy to be here with you today. And uh, we're, we are CCV, uh, the church here in the Phoenix metro area. We actually have nine campuses around the, all around the Phoenix Valley area. And um, with an average weekly attendance of about 32,000 people on a weekend right now uh, across our wow. campuses. That's and cool. um, yeah, man. And it's, it's been a joy to see, you know, has, I've, I've been on staff eight years now, uh, served on our executive team the past several years. Uh, my background specifically is in the creative arts and worship and video and production, kind of all the creative mediums. And um <clears throat> So it's been, it's been a thrill, man. It's been a thrill to be out here and be a part of the local church and see what God's doing. Uh, again, not nine campuses around the Valley that we went to the multi-site model back in 2011. So the church was uh, in existence for a little over 30 years before that. And around 2011 is when we made the move. That's actually right when I moved to Phoenix with my family to come on staff uh, from Minnesota. That's great. And, okay. Uh, so, so about about one time a year, we you know about one campus a year we've launched since 2011. Um, wow! And of course, have gone through all sorts of challenges along the way. We've we've learned so much <laughs> along the way. I bet. And we're still learning. I, I think that's actually probably one of the 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 key statements for us is that we'd always we'd always be learning. Never think that we know it all. We're trying to learn from other churches all the time, books, resources, the business world, anywhere we can to. Uh, gain wisdom and understanding as we keep keep moving forward to reach this valley for Christ. So that that's really our our mission uh, is to you know win, win people to Christ, train believers to become disciples, and then send disciples to impact the world. And uh, so that that's what we're all about here, man. Now that mission, I can see why you would want to scale that. And it's fascinating to me, Ben, that you've been on board since day one, so you've seen what it takes to scale this. And and I find it interesting. I always say that folks that are in your position are, are kind of like uh, technology startup founders where you're going from one to zero. And after that, you're scaling up. I'd love to just talk about, I mean, walk me through the past eight years. I mean, in the early days, you know, what challenges were you seeing and, and did it get easier as time went on or did it get harder when time <laughs> went on? Yeah. Well, boy, where to start? Uh, I think when you're looking at multi-site, <laughs> when you're looking at going multi-site, I think, you immediately have to there's there's an, a whole new set of leadership challenges and and systematic things that need to be considered of course to scale from just one location uh with a staff of people to multiple locations uh you have to consider things in the weekend service like a, are we going to have a video message or are we going to have a campus pastor to go live at these campuses for the for the message are we going to have live worship teams how wh- what 
what is kind of core to the weekend experience that we want to replicate and what are some things that we need to experiment with and just see how they're working, how, how we can be as efficient as possible, but not lose the relational touch. Uh, I think that's, mm. that's like one, one of the challenges uh, that's been exciting to work through is, you know, we want to pastor people. We want to relate to people and connect with them. Like before all of the mm-hmm. lights and smoke and all, all of the great tools that we have, um, we're really about connecting with people and leading them into a genuine relationship with Christ. And so, you know, what, I think one of the big questions we've had to ask ourselves as we go to multi-site is how can we scale? How can we be efficient with the, uh, the building spaces, the expenses, what we're going to do for the weekend experience without losing that personal touch and relational connection to people that ultimately, you know, we, we believe people want to be known. They want to be known and they want to be valued as great as an experience is as great as, uh, you know, an hour on the weekend can be and, and inspirational to a person, um, it's, it's really getting to know their stories, walking alongside mm-hmm. them. Um, mm-hmm. that's, 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 the, that's really the stuff of not just initial uh, contact, but discipleship that takes uh, time. And so, you know, I could go down any number of different paths, but I, that's the first one that comes to mind is like, man, as we scale, as we do all these things, how can we, how can we, how can we be, a small church with a big vision, even over, even having over 30,000 people on a weekend, we like to view ourselves not as a big church. I mean, I think we are, uh, we've missed it when we start, certainly when we start comparing ourselves to other places or even thinking that we're a big church, we like to continue to have a mindset that we're a small church with a big vision. You know, there's, there's uh, uh, four and a half million people in the Phoenix Valley area. Um, mm-hmm. And, in, in the excuse me, in the city of Phoenix, and you know, there's uh, there's a high percentage who don't attend church anywhere on a weekend. So even though we would say, man, there's a lot of people coming on the weekends, we 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 see that there's so much work left to do all around us, and so it keeps us in a mindset of, man, there's there's always always more work to be done, and we can never never start thinking that we know it all or we've arrived. And it's almost like that that Amazon-like effect or the Apple effect carries over to their experience with you guys. Like they just expect it to be personal and have that small church feel. I heard you say, Ben, you, you ran a bunch of experiments. I'm guessing you ran experiments when it, when it came to this. Uh, I'm wondering if you could kind of tell our listeners about one of the experiences or one of the uh, experiments that you performed that went really well. And you're like, Oh, wow. You know, we tried this out and it worked amazing. Uh, and we didn't know how it would turn out. <laughs> so yeah. I'm always interested to, to hear that. Yeah. Well, you know, I think uh, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about one experience that we kind of, you know, we, we took a, a shot at and have learned as we've gone, but it's, it's proved to be really effective. And that is our, our music community, our CCB music community, uh, is is one central team of people. Um, so all of the campuses, we have worship leaders and musicians who are part of a central community who rotate between our different campuses. So no, none of the nine campuses have a worship pastor on staff. Each of the uh, each of the campuses gets served by a live band and a live worship leader. But the uh, the music team has has remained a very large central team, and um, mm. you know that that's one that's one example of just just uh, probably, probably something that's a little out of the norm. But that we started off, we wanted to give it a shot. We weren't how, sure how large it would scale to, 
Uh, but I think with the right leaders in the right seats, it's proved to be highly effective for creative collaboration, for health of community, for clarity of vision, um, ah. to have to have our entire music department fully aligned and going around to the different campuses and leading and serving at them really well from a from a uh, kind of a central place. That's great. And what I find now, we didn't know. We didn't, we didn't, you know, we didn't we didn't know how again how big that would scale. Like man, five six campuses. Can we can we keep doing this? Um, yeah, but again, it's it's proven to be really effective. Well, I see that as actually extremely important because you think about like those expectations that I talked about that your fo- like everyone that visits you every week have expectations. They're going to live concerts like you know Bruno Mars, U right. two, whatever, and then they come there. And if you can produce that level of experience with a personal touch, that has a small feel. Like, man, it's no wonder you guys have I've seen the growth that you, you've seen over the past couple of years. Now, with that growth, then, what? like, let's talk about today. You've got nine campuses, nine locations. What are some of the challenges that you're seeing today? Oh, boy. Yeah. You know, some some challenges we're seeing today. Uh, we're, we're challenged with uh, how do we how do we get people plugged in and serving. I think that's one thing we're always looking at. How can we how can we make sure people aren't just uh, spectators but active participants, not just in the time of worship, mm. but as they get plugged in to serve with their families. We want yeah. we want to move people from just attendees to people who are fully engaged in their faith. That's, and that's that takes cool. that takes all kinds of different shapes and forms from being you know uh, giving with their resources to to plugging in and serving to helping to coach other people to being involved in, in our mm. small groups what we call our neighborhood groups. Um, I think at any large church uh, of any of a significant size where people could kind of come in and get lost easily, easily there, there's there's even that much more intentionality that has to be put on. Man, really, really not just giving people a great inspirational one-hour experience, but again, getting them plugged in and realizing the church is about what they put into it and what they give back rather than just experiencing a service, as good as that is. And so so we're always looking for ways that we can, uh, again, it goes back to the personal connection, but really challenge people as well uh, to move from participants to, to active uh, you know, people who are engaged. That's great. I'm sure you guys got a. We could probably have an hour conversation just about what you said there. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sure, sure we could, got a, man. We definitely could. Uh, a, a playbook of different ways to get people involved. When let's say I'm brand new, right? Yep. <clears throat> I, I live in I live in Phoenix, and I'm I just moved there, and I you know I'm going to go to Christ Church of the Valley. I'm going to check out to see what they're all about, and I come and visit you the first time. And I'm like, hey, that was pretty cool. I'm going to come back a couple more times. What are some of the things you would do for Grant to kind of get me engaged as like a first-time visitor? Yeah. Well, we're gonna we're gonna encourage you to you know when people check in their kids, we get their information because we have a secured like a, a secure check-in area, and that that helps us out if people have kids with them because then we can then we can really for follow sure. up and just ask them about their experience. Can we do anything to serve you? Welcome them back. Every weekend, we're also encouraging people after the service, uh, man, we'd love to meet you. We really, really want to meet you. And we try not to make this just a generic every week announcement. We try to try to make a real uh, 
solid push each week for after the service is over, man, outside on our patio, we have some people out there. We have a gift for you and your family. We'd love to love to give you a meal this weekend on us. We'd just love to meet you and, cool. and find out if there's anything we can do to serve you. And, you know, there has to be a willingness on people's part, but um, we try to do those things both from the stage as well as with email follow-up. But, again, there's no replacement for personal relationship. I would say the biggest uh, thing that has helped us and caused us to grow is people inviting their friends and their family to come or coworkers, neighbors, and, and bringing someone with you who you're in relationship with. I mean, that's already such a huge win right there. Because mm-hmm. you know you're already connected to someone who that you who you trust, um, someone who probably knows more about our church and what's going on. So we're a high invite culture. We know that's the biggest win when people who are already bought in, already attending, can can go outside their comfort zone in many cases and be challenged to man invite a neighbor with you, invite that coworker you've been thinking about for a while, you've been praying for for a while. Um, Man, bring them with you. Don't come alone. That's 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 a big big deal in our culture. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> because you know, and then the and then the follow up, Grant. The follow up is like you're already in relationship during the week to some capacity. So if there's questions, if there's uh, you know just feedback or a dialogue to have, boy, I've already got this personal relationship with somebody that I at least trust somewhat. That it's an open door for them to really kind of help on ramp. So we're really about you know empowering and trying to equip our our people who come as best we can to be active inviters of people around them. Well, do you find that these first I'm I'm curious, do you find these first time attendees is it a referral or are they typically in in some sort of crisis? I I I I'm just curious about that cuz I always find that interesting. You know, if you're new to some place like there's a big hump to get over and I get like the referral, like my neighbor, or I want to come with somebody I trust. But I also think that somebody coming to you for maybe the first time they're, they're new to the city or they're in yes. crisis. So I can totally get why you want to instantly connect one-on-one to see how you can help. Yes. Well, yeah, there's, you know, of course there's all sorts of reasons. We do a survey uh, at the end of the year that just tells us, you know, what, what, um, cause you to come to CCV. We fill that out regularly throughout the year for people if they're willing to do it. And of course, there's a mm-hmm. long list of reasons from, you know, the limited radio advertising we do to marketing campaigns. Uh, we do targeted uh, marketing campaigns to different groups of people, uh, to billboards. You know, there's a lot of different marketing things that go out as well as, uh, as well as like you mentioned, a big one, man, people who move to town and are looking for a church to get plugged into. Um, yeah. That's, that's we hear hear from people all the time who have just moved to the Phoenix area most of the time from the Midwest to escape the winter. Uh, <laughs> Amen, <but> brother. <laughs> that's a big that's a big thing we talk about with our neighborhood groups. Like the neighborhood groups are really the backbone uh, of our committed, um, you know, a- attendees, committed members. Is our neighborhood groups are always always looking for man who who are people who are new in your area who have maybe moved recently and just be paying attention to your neighborhood and what's going on uh even if it's huh. as simple as meeting those people or dropping off a gift for them or just 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 really being actively welcoming of new people we're, we're trying to always encourage our uh you know our neighborhood groups to to have an eye open for that because there are new people moving in all the time and um oftentimes they don't have a connection point and they're looking for somebody to connect with and it's a great open door yeah then in the next few years how do you see your organization evolving? 
is is it something with technology is it is it something that's um you know you you think will change in the way you people view their faith like how how do you see like maybe looking through the lens of the next 3 to 5 years how are things going to evolve yeah well, I think there's certain technology is a big front, you know, whether it's in, in just recent years, uh, the importance of our attention on our website, our mobile app. You know, right now we use our mobile app on people's phones for the biggest means of engagement. We actually got rid of our paper program <laughs> uh, recently, which is we're probably mm. a little bit late, late to the game. But a lot of people like to write and take their notes, but we just made the shift to we're going all digital for notes and really finding out everything about what's going on in the church. The mobile app has been big. There's technology advancements all the time. Uh, giving, for example, we don't, we don't pass an offering in our services. Uh, all of our giving is automated and online in terms of ways mm. people can give. Uh, mm-hmm. We have several different ways to do that, but, but most of that, again, is funneled through our mobile app or through our website. And, um, and certainly there's other technology changes that will continue to come, whether it's, whether it's targeted marketing and how we approach that. Uh, or how we, uh, you know, create in-house, um, or how we get those things available to our people, uh, information, events that are going on. I think that those things will continue to evolve. I think they'll continue to, uh, you know, through through the digital mediums progress, certainly. It's hard for me to forecast exactly what it'll look like. But but I think uh, when it comes to our, our model, you know, it's interesting to be uh, nine campuses in to the multi-site model, and it's going really well, and we believe in it, but it's just we, we have to always keep asking ourselves, you know, are the size of the spaces the right sizes? Uh, as we look at mm. uh, how, how we set up uh, live streaming a message or how we present uh, the worship, we have to be mindful of, uh, you know, our room sizes, like for different, different areas that we might go into, being strategic yeah. in how we mm-hmm. uh, look at different parts of the valley in that regard. So, man, there's a lot of different things that I know will evolve. But one thing for sure is that a lot, a lot of people are consuming media from a digital platform uh, just exponentially more than they, they ever have. I mean, that's that's so yeah. plain to see how things like Netflix and Amazon and you name it, um, people are consumers of digital media on screens. And so mm-hmm. the, I think the biggest the, the biggest challenge for us is recognizing that, understanding it, harnessing it being excellent with it in the right uh the right applications but again we're, mm-hmm. we're really committed we're, we're really committed to uh making sure that we maintain personal touch and relationships so we're always asking ourselves as we go down that path of incorporating more and more technology and doing more and more things on screen uh we want to be careful that um we always have that balance of using those things to their fullest capacity, but not losing. There's never anything that's going to replace, again, a personal touch. And so we're always having conversations about how do, how do we how do we balance those things and steward them well. Yeah, balance is key. I mean, Ben, if if I look at anybody, you guys got to be doing it well because it's hard to have technology just for technology's sake, right? It can just be boom, technology everywhere. But if you really want that personal touch, technology has to blend to the background and be used at the right moment to engage yep. people. And by gosh, by the way you've grown, you, you've got to be doing it right. So, uh, I, yeah, well, we've got, I, we've and got I think a great team, man. We've got a great team of people who are always, 
you know, trying to trying to think outside the box and create. And and I think a big part of it too, Grant, is not being afraid to try try something and fail. Uh, I think that's mm. probably, if I was to give one word of encouragement to a team, a startup, a church, I think there are mm-hmm. so many times when we have such a fear of failure because of the status quo that we we do not try new things and we're stifled. Whether it's in our uh, experimentation with technology, whether it's in our musical styles or artistic styles, whether it's in our our programs or formats or the way that we you know the ways that we do ministry, I think one of the biggest things that can hold us back is fear of failure. And I wow. I think one thing that's critical to us as a team to keep moving forward, progressing, growing through change, is not being afraid to fail, learn from it, and move on. And that's easier said than done, but you have to. You have to keep building that into your culture, and that's really important to us. I love that. I've got a, I got a sports quote for that. You know, are, are you playing not to lose, or are you playing to win? And yeah. typically, you got to think like it's okay to fail. What book do you find recommending the most to people, or what book do you, do you see yourself kind of making a big impact on, on your life day to day, or as you look back? Like, hey, man, that was a good one. Like, you, I would definitely recommend yep. it to people. I really enjoyed the Pixar book, Creativity, Inc. Uh, that oh. that, that <laughs> really great. impacted me from a creative standpoint. Loved that book. Yep. Um, That's an excellent called, recommendation. There's a book called Leadership Pain by Sam O'Chan that's a, a bit more of a uh, just leaders who are, you know, wrestling through maybe a challenging season and trying to feel like they're not crazy. That was one that was that was mm-hmm. very uh, important for for me on a part of my journey. Um, and then I'll, I'll hit you with a niche one if it's all right. This is a little outside the box, but oh, it's been it's, it's it's been highly impactful for me. For me, it's it's a book called Every Moment Holy, and it's, okay. it's actually a book. It's actually a book of modern uh, prayers by a guy named Douglas McKelvey. If you think of like a, a liturgical book of prayers, this is a a modern book of prayers, but the, the concept of the book resonates with me so deeply. It's this idea, all the prayers that are written out um, really well, really well crafted and articulated. They're prayers about the normal stuff of life. Like there's a prayer in there hmm. for, you know, while, while you're outside of the campfire or one for while you're, you know, before you do the dishes or before you make a meal. <laughs> My wife and I have read through it together. And the, basically the whole concept of the book with all these prayers is God, God desires to be in every aspect of our life. Sometimes we can have mm-hmm. the potential to separate our church life and our sacred life from our home life or our secular or business life and I, I, or, or our mundane life. I could say it that way. And I love, I love, and I'm so challenged by the concept that, that, uh, God desires to be present in every aspect of our lives that we wouldn't see one part of our lives as the sacred that we do in church, especially as church leaders, as pastors. Uh, and then there's the rest of my life. that's like the normal life. Like I think he wants, he wants us to uh, view our lives as one common thread where he's invited into everything. Doesn't mean everything needs to be ultra spiritual and we're praying at everything. But the idea that just, man, when I get up on the stage to lead worship or to speak, I'm not stepping into something different. I'm not putting on some sort of a, a mask or like having to get up for the moment. I, I, I really want to desire that throughout the course of my life, whether it's church work, the sacred or the mundane, um, that really God, I, I'd be inviting God into all of it and that he'd be present with me in all of it. So that's, it's a devotional book, but it's been really inspiring and impactful to me the past year. Do you think God is that thread? 
I find that fascinating. You mentioned the thread of how it kind of weaves life together. Yeah. And and it's almost like the recognition of that thread. It, like to you, is that like I, I you know I don't want to get really deep with you at the end of it, <laughs> <laughs> but that's a like that book sounds so impactful. Yeah. And you talked about the thread, and it's almost like yeah, I, that. That's kind of my viewpoint. But I wanted to hear what you I've, had to say. Well, I view it as the leading of the Holy Spirit, as outlined, as talked about in Scripture. You know, the mystery of the leading of the Holy Spirit is. I love when we talk about things like strategy, technology, systems, because, um, again, it can be easy to kind of put, like, the box of worship and the spiritual life in, like, the church service. But really, man, like, all these things can be an act of worship just as much, whether we're talking about strategic thinking or, or planning uh, or, or whether we're talking about, you know, an actual, like, message you're going to preach uh, I think I think as you invite the Holy Spirit in, as, Paul, as the Apostle Paul talked about praying without ceasing, um, there's just this idea that that you're just inviting the Holy Spirit to uh, to bring to your mind uh, ways that He'd want you to operate, um, trusting Him mm-hmm. to help you make decisions. There's this there's this inviting mm-hmm. Him into every aspect that again doesn't need to be uh, doesn't need to be intimidating or like man I need to be super spiritual to do that. It's just an invitation. Mm-hmm. God, I want you to be, I want you to be present in the mundane as well as in the mountaintop experiences because you're Lord over all of it. So I think you know the Holy Spirit's guidance in that is is key. Hmm. Yeah, these are great book recommendations. I could like like I start with Creativity Inc., which is a book I've read. I love. And yeah, it was awesome. I, it, it's fantastic, and it's so interesting because I hear some of the organizations that I talk to, they, they kind of do like a an event where it's like at the movies, and they'll show a movie clip, and yeah. then they'll kind of tie back to some scripture. I don't know if you guys do that, but it's a really we, kind of cool way to – yep. Yeah, and it's a cool way to kind of take a – like here's what's going on, and, and you've probably seen this movie like Moana. I've got a two- and three-year-old, so I've been watching Moana on repeat constantly. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's so such a powerful movie, right? I'm like, uh, or absolutely, uh, like I'm like crying at the end. It's like 7 a.m. I'm crying watching Moana, but it like it brings <laughs> you back to that 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 thread you talked about because you can kind of see it weaves a message in, and it's almost like this message can be seen everywhere, and you can even see yeah. this thread through the books you read. You're like, oh my God, like this same kind of theme is coming up over and over in all these different types of books that are no way, I think, related to each other, but they are. And it's kind of spooky. <laughs> it's, well, it's, you, I think you hit the nail on the head. And what I think of is, is God is the ultimate creative God. I mean, if, if, if we truly believe he, he designed it all, designed all that we see, this world, the, the, the galaxy, beyond the galaxy, I mean, he's just, he's the ultimate creative being so so the fact that we mm-hmm. we resonate with and and see these things whether it's in church or in the in the secular mainstream world it's it's really a sign to me of god is in all of it whether we recognize it or not or whether people recognize mm-hmm. in their creativity or in their storytelling in a movie that they're hitting on these uh really universal mm-hmm. themes I, I recognize that as like god god is the He's the giver of all of it. All all good things come mm-hmm. from him, and it's just whether, whether we recognize that creativity from him or not. I think he's he's in and over all of it. And really, yeah. this is the last this is the last thing I'll say. 
that should inspire us as a church to not just respond to what's going on in the world in terms of pop culture and creativity and technology. It should really inspire us to know that, man, we have, we have relationship and trust in the, the, the creator of all things. That should inspire us to lead the way creatively, which I have a strong passion for in, in the arts. We should be contributing to leading the way for the world uh, on the front edge of these things um, to inspire our world and not just respond to pop culture and follow, but to really help lead the way. Yeah, it's those creative arts. Maybe that's where you start to actually, if if you could hear his voice, right? Like it, yep. it's in those creative arts. If you could see it, like I know it's so hard to even think about like seeing or hearing something like that. But if you could maybe get a, catch a glimpse of it, that's where where it happens. Like in those creative arts. Yeah, and in, in nature, yeah. you know, I feel like I, I hop on my motorcycle, mm, which is one, of my, yeah, one of my big yeah. hobbies, and I'll go up into the mountains, and it's just like, my goodness, how could I not? Yeah, how could I not worship, worship just seeing seeing this? It's amazing. It's really relaxing and peaceful. But I also just recognize, like, wow, amazing work. Wow, like you've created all yeah. this, and and uh, so get, just getting out in nature is is awesome for me too. That's a good point. That's a great point. Well, Ben. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon. I appreciate it, brother. This has been a great conversation, and uh, I think our audience is going to love it. Yeah, and we're going to – to the show notes, we'll add in all the links to the book so everybody listening can can check out the books that Ben recommended. I appreciate it, Ben. Uh, we'll, We'll see you later. For more ideas or to simply learn more about today's podcast, visit us online at www.playlister.app forward slash podcast.